Okay, so we will now discuss the usury law. This is Act Number Two Six Five Five, Amended Section One Two Twelve. Okay, so this talks about the rate of interest no longer subject to the selling prescribed under usury, usury law, under the authority granted to it by Sections One A and Four A and 4B of the Usury Law, the Monetary Board of the Central Bank in Resolution 224 dated December 3, 1982 approved the following regulations among others governing interest rates on loans or forbearance of money, goods, or credit. Okay, so there's are, there are general provisions here. Section 1, the rate of interest including commissions, premium fees, and other charges on a loan or forbearance of any money, goods, or credit regardless of maturity and whether secured or unsecured. No, that may be uh, that may be charged or collected by any person, whether natural or judicial, shall not be subject to any selling prescribed under the usury law as amended. So it's not already uh, something that will be uh, subject to any selling at all. No, and then section two, the rate of interest uh, for the loan or forbearance of any money, goods, or credit, and the rate allowed in judgments in the absence of express contract. As of such, rates of interest shall continue to be 12% per annum. Okay? So, loans denominated or payable in a foreign currency shall continue to be subject to central bank regulations or foreign borrowings. Okay? So, with the promulgation of the circular effective January 1, 1983, usually has become a legal, legally inexistent as the lender and the borrower can legally agree on any interest that may be charged on the loan. The circular was given retroactive effect. In the event, however, that interest rate sellings on loans are restored in the monetary board, the usury law would gain would again apply. So this possibility justifies the continued inclusion of this topic in the book, assuming that interest limits prescribed by usury law and the previous central bank circulars mentioned subsequently are still applicable. The circular did not appeal nor in any way amend the usury law but simply suspended the latter's effectivity. Legality of the Central Bank Circular Number 905 Under Section 1 A. Infra of the Usury Law as amended by the Presidential Number 116 Further amended Presidential Decree 858 and 1684 The Monetary Board a board, is authorized to prescribe the maximum rates of interest for the loan or renewal thereof or of the forbearance of any money, goods, or credits to charge such rate or rates where whenever warranted by prevailing economic and social conditions. CB Circular 905 is of doubtful legality because it appears to be in excess of authority granted, granted to the monetary board, which is only to prescribe the sellings of interest rates and not to abolish or remove the sellings. Usually defined. So, usually may be defined as a contracting for or receiving something in excess of money allowed by law for the loan or for appearance of forbearance of money, goods, or chattel. Usually, usually purely a statutory creation. The subject of usury is entirely one of statutory regulation and prohibition. In the absence of statute, any rate of interest may be charged. The restriction of the price to be paid for the use of money pure, being purely statutory so usury is to be determined by statutory provisions applicable to the transaction and the statute is the source of the power of the court in dealing with the evil. So what are the elements of usury? It may be stated generally that the elements of usury consist of the following. There is a loan or a forbearance, so that's one. Then number two, there is an understanding between the parties that the loan shall be returned. So a loan shall be returned. So the here is returned. No? And then there is an unlawful intent to make 
uh, to, to take more of the legal rate. So, more of the legal rate for the use of money. Then, number four is taking or agreeing. Agreeing to take for the use of the loans or something in excess of what is allowed by law. So, naakay loan, then you agree that the loan shall be returned, then more of a legal rate for the use of money, and then agreeing that uh, to make use loan of the loan something in excess of what is allowed by law. So, naay agreement. No? So, to determine whether all these requisites are present, the court will disregard the form which the transaction may take and look only into its substance. So, they will only look at the substance. So, kung naay, um, the mnemonics here is loan, then return of the loan, then uh, there is uh, the rate LR so LR no LR so LR so this is a loan and then it's returned then RA means there is a rate and then you agree with that rate no? so LRA LR LR so when the usury law applies katong uh, elements of uh, exceptions for kuan. Uh, we have memorized that. No? So, kato, three. Uh, yes. So, the, the elements by which you are liable no? upon the loss of a particular thing in common datum. So, kuan sa siya? The third UVFs. The third UVFs. Then, we have LR. <laughs> so, usually is utang din yung LR. No? Lahira. The Act of 2566 is an act fixing rates of interest upon loans, declaring the effect of... Uh, so, kaning Act 2566 is an act fixing rates of interest upon loans, declaring the effect of receiving or taking usurious rates and for other purposes. The, laws, uh, the law mentions two transactions to wit loan and forbearance of debt. So, a loan within the purview of usury law would be loan called mutuum. No? We, just had, uh, we just studied that. Komondatum is not included because it is essentially gratuitous. The term forbearance, as used in usury law, signifies the contractual obligation of the creditor to forbear during the given period to require the debtor payment of existing debt then due and payable. Such forbearance or giving time for the payment of debt is in substance a law. No? So, the creditor to forbear. So, what is... Okay. So, let's look at it. Forbear. Okay. So, what is the meaning of forbearance there? Forbearance is patience, self-control, restraint, or tolerance. The act of refraining from exercising a legal right. So, especially enforcing the payment of debt. So, kuan? Pagtitimpi, no? So... The term forbearance, as used in usury law, signifies the contractual obligation of the creditor to forbear during a given period to require the debtor payment or existing uh, debt, no, then due and payable. Such forbearance is giving time for the payment of debt <coughs> in substance alone. So, dili ka mo kuan sabad, isa ningil, no? Where there is no loan or forbearance, there can be no usury. Thus, a, provis- a provision for a discount with respect to the rentals paid in advance would not contravene the usury law. No? So, kind of provision for a discount with respect to rentals paid in advance would not contravene the usury law. 
The discount, in effect, a reduction of the rentals, a contract to pay compensation for the use of money, although amounting to more than lawful interest for the period of loan, is not usually, which relates to compensation for the future use of money. Okay, so for example, na kay contract to pay compensation for the past use of money through, although amounting to more than the lawful interest for the period of loan, is not usually. So, so na may kontrata nga mo pay ka o bayad niya, no? Sa katong sa unang kwarta. No, although amounting mas dako pa sa legal interest. So, dili na siya. Ah, uh, dili na siya usually kay ah uh, ni, ni advance ra man ka, no? Relates to compensation for the future use of money. So, purpose and theory and nature of usury law. The usury law has been enacted for the protection of borrowers for the imposition of unscrupulous lenders who take undue advantage of the necessities of others. It is undoubtedly against public policy to charge excessive interest for the use of money. New Sampagat, Sampagita Builders Incorporated, citing De Leon. No? It uh, proceeds on the theory that a usurious loan is attributable to such inequality in relation to the lender no? uh, and borrower that the borrower's necessities deprive him of freedom in contracting and place him in the mercy of the lender. In theory, the borrower is put by law in the same category with persons under legal disability. So, to contract such as unemancipated minors and insane persons. To attain this purpose, the law has imposed penalties as punishment as those who violate these provisions and fixed rules prescribing the rates of interest for loan or forbearance of money. Statutes relating to usury may either be remedial or penal, for both remedial and penal in their character, their construction being controlled by the nature of their provisions. Our usury law is both remedial and penal. So, remedial siya, penal siya. History, historical background of the usury law. The taking of excess interest of loan, of money, has been regarded with abhorrence from the earliest times. If you look back in history, you shall find that there, there is scarcely any people in the ancient or modern world that have not had usury laws. Usury in such unlawful profits were known was prohibited by the ancient laws of Chinese and Hindus, by the Mosaic laws of the Jews and the Quran and the Athenians and by the Romans and have been frowned upon by distinguished publicists through all ages. During the Middle Ages, the people of England, especially the English church, entertained the opinion in the current Europe that taking up interest in the loan of money was detestable vice, hateful to men, contrary to the laws of God. It is said that only... Uh, was the usurer liable during his life to the century of the church but after his death and his chattels were forfeited to the king and his lands itched to the lord of the fee. Contracts of interest not exceeding 10% were expressly legalized by the Act Parliament 145 which Act repealed 15 but restored in 1570. Subsequent Acts gradually reduced the rate of interest allowed until 1714 when the lawful rate was 5% where it remained until 1854 when all restrictions on interest charges were removed. The early American colonial usury acts were modeled after the English act, the rate of interest allowed being usually higher. The nearly enactments adopted the penalty for usury fixed by the statute of the mother country and made all usurious contracts wholly void. The tendency of subsequent statutes, however, has been steadily to mitigate the punishment inflicted to the usurer. The illegality of usury is now wholly a creature of legislation. The Philippine Statute of Subject Act Number no. 2655 amended has become Monishaha uh, NG, NGSS Nagas 
NGSS, NGS, which became effective May 1, 1916. It is a drastic law following in many respects the most advanced American legislation. Okay? And then which took effect on March 1, 1983, simply suspended the effectivity of usury law. It did not repeal Central Bank Circular Number 905. Okay, so si POS, Central Bank Circular Number, no? Central Bank Regular Number, suspended the effectivity of the usury law. It did not repeal or in any way amend the usury law. Only a law can repeal another law. So, gisuspend lang ko no. Construction of the law. In general, in the construction of usury statutes, it is the duty of the court to ascertain the intent and purpose of the legislature. The mischief to be stopped and the remedy, therefore, should be considered. And the statute is considered as to carry its effect, uh, the intention of the law-making body in removing the mischief. No, So, this is a very important thing that we have to look into because here we see that there is a clear uh, discussion of what is usury law okay so it can be done consistently with the professional logic the general intent must be kept in viewing the determining in determining the scope and the meaning of any part of the law and because he held in mind that it was inactive for the protection of the borrower okay so that is how you should construe the law no then a liberal or strict construction with laws enacted to guard against unreasonable rates of interest are favorable regarded and are liberally construed to accomplish their purpose, usually provisions where are penal in their nature are to be strictly construed. In other words, when operating on the contract or the security taking, the statute is not strictly speaking punitive in its character and should be construed as to repress the evil the legislature had in view in its enactment. But when the punishment of the person who has committed the usury is sought, then according to the benignant principle which pervades our criminal jurisprudence, it should be construed in all cases of doubt and uncertainty in favor of the accused. Okay, so kung binignan principle daw may follow. Okay. Kung binignan principle which pervades our criminal jurisprudence should be construed in all cases and doubt and uncertainty in favor of the accused. In strict construction or any uncertainties are resolved in favor of him is sought to be penalized. Okay, so prospective and retrospective operation. The general rule is that unless there is a clear legislative intent to be contrary, usury statutes will be construed to be prospective only and not retroactive. Then contracts previously non-usurious. If a contract is legal in its inception, it cannot be rendered illegal by any subsequent legislation for this would be tantamount to the impairment of the obligation of the contract. Thus, contracts which are not usurious under the law in effect at the time that they were made, or which although usurious at the time of their inception, whereby a later legislation rendered valid, and non-usurious cannot be rendered usurious by subsequent change in law. So, a claim of a usury is not available where the contract was entered into before a usury law became effective. It has been held that the person who collected usurious interest after the adoption of the usury law upon a contract made where there was no usury law in force could not be held responsible under the usury law. When a contract contains an obligation to pay interest upon the principal, the interest thereby becomes part of the obligation of the contract. Laws adapted after the execution of the contract changing or altering the rate of interest cannot be made to apply to such contract without violating the provisions of the constitution which prohibits the passage of law impairing the obligation of contracts. So, contracts previously usurious. You, however, however usur- a usury 
statutes which do not impair the obligation of contracts by making contracts legal which are illegal at their inception may constitutionally be made retrospective. Thus, the right of a debtor use, u, under a usurious contract to refuse to pay interest or to recover usury has been held not to be vested constitutional right secured against legislative innovation, but that constitutes a mere privilege within the legislative power to take away. Statutes which take away an existing defense of usury are generally held not to affect the obligation of the contract, but to pertain to the remedy only. The effect of such legislation is not to change the contract of the parties, but only to remove bar to its enforcement where the legislature so intends to operate retrospectively. As a general rule, the legislature has the power to validate in all parts of the pre-existing usurious contracts. In a case where the contract entered into before the effectivity of the usury law stipulated at a rate of 60% per annum contrary to the usury law, the borrower was held liable only for the legal rate no, of 6% per annum, both for the period prior and after the date. The Supreme Court considered the contract of loan as one stipulating no interest. Katorang separability clause. I think we have discussed that. So, what is invalidated is only the interest rate, but the rest of the contract was held as something that is still valid. The rate of interest for a loan or forbearance of any money or credits and the rate allowed for judgment in the absence of express contract as to such rate shall be 6% per annum. Such rate may be prescribed the Monetary Board of the Central Bank of the Philippines for the purpose in accordance with the authority hereby granted. The Monetary Board is hereby authorized to prescribe the maximum rate or rates of interest for the loan or the renewal thereof or the forbearance of any money, goods, or credits and to change such rates whenever warranted by prevailing economic social conditions, provided that changes in such rate or rates may be affected gradually in scheduled rates announced in advance. In the exercise of the authority here in granted, the monetary board may prescribe higher maximum rates for loans of low priority such as consumer loans, renewals thereof, such as loans made by pawn shop, finance companies, and other similar credit institutions. Although the rates prescribed for these institutions need not necessarily be uniform, the Monetary Board is also authorized to prescribe different maximum rate or rates from different types of borrowings including deposits and deposits substituted or loans to financial intermediaries. No person or corporation shall directly or indirectly take or receive money or other property real or personal or chooses in action a higher rate of interest or greater sum of value including commissions, premiums, fines, and penalties for loan or renewal thereof for bearance of money where such loan or renewal of forbearance is secured in the whole part by a mortgage upon real estate, the title which is duly registered or any document conveying such real estate or the interest therein, the 12% per annum or the maximum rate prescribed by the monitor board, and the time the loan or renewal thereof for forbearance is granted, provided that the rate interest under this section is the maximum rate of interest. That may be prescribed by the monetary board and this section may likewise apply to loans secured by other types of security as may be prescribed by the monetary board. So no person or corporation shall directly or indirectly demand or take, receive, or to agree to charge in money and other property, real property, a higher rate or greater sum value for the loan or forbearance of money, goods, or credits for which a loan or forbearance is not secured as provided by section 2 thereof. Then 14% or the maximum rate or rates prescribed by the monetary board in the force of time loan or forbearance is granted. Interest defined. Interest is the compensation allowed by law or fixed by the parties 
for the loan or forbearance of money, goods, or credits. Loan in Japanese fiat currency to be repaid without interest, the same amount in the Philippine currency after the war. Facts. D borrowed 4,000 in Japanese fiat currency from L, promising to repay the same amount or the same number of pesos in the Philippine currency or in currency prevailing after the war without interest after year after this date, October 5, 1944. D contends that the transaction, transaction was immoral and against public order because taking advantage of his superior knowledge of war development, L imposed on him the onerous obligation and could now obtain 4,000 in return for an investment of 40. These estimate the value of Japanese money be borrowed. He further asserts that the contract was contrary to usury law because he would be paying interest in excess of the lawful rate. Is the contract legal and obligatory? Yes, for the following reasons. First, D voluntarily signed the document without having been misled as to its content. And so far as knowledge of war events was concerned, both parties were in equal footing. Second, the date of liberation was anybody's guess. Third, there was a possibility that upon reoccupation, the Philippine government would not invalidate the Japanese currency, which after all had been forced upon the people in exchange of valuable goods and property. The odds were about even when the parties played their bargaining game. It's not immoral or against public order for a homeowner to recover 10,000 pesos when his house was burned because he invested only about 100 pesos for the insurance policy. When the lucky holder, the sweepstake ticket who paid 4 pesos, luckily obtained 100,000 pesos or over the whole business is not immoral or against public order. D is not paying interest. Precisely, precisely the contract says money received will not earn interest. D and L both elected subject to their rights and obligations to contingency. They gained to L not interest within the meaning of the usury law. Interest in some additional money to be paid in any event is not the case here because L might have gotten less if the Japanese occupation had extended to end in 1945 or if the liberation forces had chosen to permit the circulation of Japanese notes. Okay, so Kanisiya, uh, loan na siya. Now, D borrowed 4,000 in Japanese Viet currency from L. So, ang nanguam diri is D. So, ni promise siya to pay the same amount or the same number of pesos in Fil- Philippine currency. Now, in the currency prevailing after the war without any interest. After one year after this date, October 5, 1994, uh, D contends that the transaction was immoral. No? Okay. So, si L. So, D contends that the transaction was immoral against public order because taking advantage of his superior knowledge of war development, L imposed him the owner's obligation and could now obtain 4,000 pesos in return for an investment of 40 pesos. 40. Uh, these estimate the value of the Japanese money be borrowed. So he further asserts that the contract was contrary to usury law. Kinidako na magmaayo. Okay? So kinds of interest. Now according to the court in this case a while ago, nga wala ko na usury ani in this case. Because number one, uh, the volunteer siya pag-sign. It was voluntarily made. Number two, uh, no one knows really. It's uh, kung kanusan siya na mahitabo and then number 3 uh, there's a possibility of reoccupation number 4 they were in equal footing when they actually did it no? okay so kinds of interest there are fol- they are they are the following simple interest which paid for the principal at a certain rate or fixed or stipulated by the parties compound interest no the that which is imposed upon the interest is due and unpaid. Accrued interest is added to the principal sum and the whole is treated as the new principal which 
uh, interest in the next period is calculated. Legal interest that which the law directs the law directs uh, to be charged in absence of any agreement as a rate between the parties. Thus, as provided by Section 1, the rate of collectible is 6% per annum. The same rate is allowed in judgment when there is no express contract between the parties in anticipation of the rate. The interest is computed from the time of rendition of trial courts, not the appellate court's decision. The rule has been laid down that 6% interest imposed by court could be computed from the date of rendition of judgment and not filing a complaint. The amount of damages to which the plaintiff may be entitled remains unliquidated and not known until it's definitely asserted, assessed, and determined by the court and not only by after the prestation of proof thereon. Lawful interest. That which the law allows and does not prohibit is the rate of interest within the maximum prescribed by law. Unlawful usuries in which is paid or stipulated to be beyond the maximum filed by law under the authority granted by Section 1 of the Monetary Board is a resolution. It has prescribed that the legal rate of interest or forbearance of money uh, rate allowed in the absence of expressed uh, rate shall contract at such rate shall be 12% per annum. The circular does not apply in all kinds of obligations, from a contract and all kinds of monetary judgment. The judgment spoken of and referred to any judgment in litigation involves loans or forbearance of any money, goods or credit, as to cases where money is transferred from one person to another and the obligation to return the same as a person thereof is a judge. Any other kind of monetary benef- judgment which has nothing to do with or nor involving loans or forbearance of, of any money, goods, and credits does not fall within the coverage of the usury law. For it is not within the ambit of the authority granted by the central bank. Thus, where the decision sought to be executed is one rendered in an action for damages for in- injury to a person and loss of property, the law applicable is Article 2209 of the Civil Code. Article 2209 applies to transactions requiring the payment of indemnities or damages in the form interest of 6% per annum connection with the delay in the performance of obligation arising therefrom and those involving loan or forbearance of money. No? Circular number 416 was upheld applicable to judgments involving the payment of unliquidated cash advances to an employee by her employer. The return of money paid by a buyer by a leasehold right but which contract is voided due to the fault of the seller. Section 1A, which was distinguished from Section 1, appears to be factual and operative grant of authority to the Monetary Board, the Banco Central of Pilipinas, to prescribe maximum rate of interest where the parties have not stipulated their own. In excluding mention of all of rates allowed in judgment should be construed as limiting its authority only to loans, forbearance of money, and to judgments involving such loans and forbearance, but 12% interest may be imposed, although... There is neither a loan nor a forbearance in case of delay or in the payment of sums adjudged in final judgment as as part of judgment of damages. The interim period from the finality of the judgment awarding a monetary claim and until payment thereof is deemed to be equivalent to the forbearance of credit. Thus, from the time the judgment becomes final until its full satisfaction, the applicable rate of legal interest shall be 12%. Okay, that there is no longer any selling on interest or interest rates on loans. Applies only where the parties openly and expressly agree in specific rate of interest to accrue on the loan. Where the interest rate is not expressly stipulated, the loan shall earn 12% per annum. The interim period from the finality of the judgment awarding monetary claim and until payment thereof deemed to be equivalent to a forbearance credit. 
Thus, from the time that the judgment has become final until its full satisfaction, the applicable legal rate of interest shall be 12%. It has been held in a case that while the stipulated rate of interest is 5.5% per month, on 5,000 loan cannot be rendered usurious <coughs> in view of the Central Bank Circular 905. It is excessive, iniquitous, and unconscionable and exorbitant. The courts empowered to reduce equitably liquidated damages, whether intended as indemnity or a penalty, if they are iniquitous or unconscionable. Nothing in the said circular glance from under carte blanche authority to raise interest to the levels which will either enslave our borrowers or lead to hemorrhaging of, our, of their assets. Interest rates. So under the usury law, they are the legal rate of 12% per annum. Maximum rate is 12% if the loan is secured in the whole or in a part by a mortgage upon real estate with a terms title or any agreement conveying such real estate or any interest therein for purposes of selling loans secured by the government securities such as treasury bills, central bank certificates, or indebtedness, etc. qualify as secured loans. 4%, 14% per annum if the loan is not secure as above stated. Kung why security, 14% siya. Kung na ay security, 12%. That prescribed by monitor board, the central bank, is allows for flexible interest rate sellings. No? Central bank circular number 817 fixed the effective rates of interest as follows. So not exceeding 16% per annum, including commissions, premiums, and charges for security of loans for secured loans of 365 days. Not exceeding 18% per annum if such loans are unsecured. So, uh, selling ni siya, selling. So, di mo lapas og 16%. Kung wala siya security, di ka mo lapas og 18%. <coughs> if the maturity of the loan is more than 365 days, the interest shall not be subject to any selling. So, kung lapas og 365 days, pwede ra ka mo lapas og anak eh. Uh, Examples, B borrowed 10,000 from L. So, si B may nang huwam, payable within one year. The parties did not expressly stipulate the writing that B shall pay interest. So, under the law, B is not liable to pay interest. So, suppose that in the above example, it is expressly stipulated in writing that B shall pay interest, but the parties failed to fix the rate thereof. In this case, the legal rate is 12%. 12% siya. Suppose now that B expressly agreed in writing to pay interest of 18% per annum, the interest stipulated is simple interest. If you also agreed that the interest due and unpaid shall likewise earn interest, this interest on interest is called compound interest. Under Central Bank Circular 817, the loan is secured by registered real, uh, real estate. The interest of 18% including commission is unlawful or usurious. Such loan is unsecured and the interest is lawful. Kaya kanang 18% para naman na siya sa kanang walay secure, security. Okay? Kung na ay security, 16% pwede. Kung walay security, you can go as high as 18%. Okay? Illustrative case, borrower claimed that the situation to pay ay interest at the rate of fixed by article Act number 265 did not specify rate of interest since uh, he was not obliged to pay more than the legal rate. Fax L brought suit against B upon registered mortgage. So, si L, nikiha ni B upon a registered mort- upon a registered mortgage deed of real estate uh, real estate which states that the following with regard to interest. No? B, B, 
should pay or cost <clears throat> to be duly paid to L the aforesaid amount of 1,000. Philippine currency together with the interest rate fixed by Article Act 2655 be offered 10% interest but it was rejected and demand was offered by L by for 12%. But B contended that as the contract will not specify the rate of interest to be paid, he was not obliged to pay more than 6% a year, which among the several rates of interest fixed in Act No. 2 did the parties agree upon. The contract between the parties was a loan secured by mortgage of real estate. The ownership whereof had been duly registered. Therefore, when in the deed of B stated that the loan should earn interest fixed on 2655, he could not have in mind anything else than Section 2 for that loan fixed amount interest chargeable loan secured by mortgage is 12% per annum furthermore the subsequent act of B and his heirs after his death to pay L and his widow after his death also indicated the rate of interest agreed upon by between the parties was the fixed in Section 2 dissenting opinion the rate of interest to be allowed should be 6% in accordance with Section 1 the rate of 12% which the court priest uh, supposes to have been intended by the contracting parties is not rate fixed by Act No. 2655 because the rate is merely a maximum rate beyond which parties are not determined to go in interest bearing contracts secured by mortgages upon the real party. The parties to such a contract can fix any rate lower than 12% but not more. If the agreement had been to pay the maximum rate of interest permissible again 265, then the debtor would have bound to pay at the rate of Okay, so we'll talk about multi-tiered interest rates. The monetary board may prescribe a higher maximum rate of interest for loans of low priority than those loans used for no productive purposes. Low priority loans are enumerated in Section 1A. Loans made by pawn shops, finance companies, and other similar credit institutions may be allowed to charge higher rates, although the rates prescribed for these institutions need not necessarily be uniform. The monetary board is likewise authorized by the same provision to prescribe different maximum rates or rates for different types of borrowing, including deposits and deposit substitutes or loans of financial intermediaries. It may change the maximum interest rate or loans, whichever warranted by prevailing economic conditions. Section 2 Section 3 Compared Section 2 may be distinguished from Section 3 in the following manner. In Section 2, the taking or receiving, not mere agreeing by usurious interest, is the act penalized. While in Section 3, The mere demanding or agreeing to charge excessive interest is also punishable. In Section 2, the loan or forbearance is secured by registered by real estate, while in Section 3, it's not secured 
thereby uh, there is no security at all. In Section 2, the maximum rate of interest allowed is 12% per annum, while in Section 3, uh, 14% per annum. In uh, Section 2, commissions and premiums, fines, and penalties are included in the computation of interest, while in Section 3, there are no are not considered. Okay? So, we will stop here for usury law, and then we'll have part 2 later on as to usury law. Okay? So, uh, we stop here. Uh, we'll see the validity of stipulation to pay penalty in case obligation is not fulfilled.